On this episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast, we talk with Manasa Mullet about mental health. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Joel DeMott. Hi, Andy Lehman. Yo, welcome back. Hey, it is the season, my friend. Uh, to be jolly. It, I'm trying to be jolly. It's, uh, <laughs> as uh, as I've noticed, the, uh, the weather is, there's a chill in the air. We've already seen some snow. And then it went warm again. It did. It doesn't. But you can't you can't take anything for granted in these no. uh, the later November, early December. Who knows? Who knows what we'll get? Who knows? It's northern Indiana. <laughs> uh, this is the last episode though of the season and of the year. Wow. Right? We'll be back. We'll be back uh, in, January, in January. Well, maybe. We have a special little drop or two. We do. We've got some things. I mean, we'll do some fun things uh, during the holiday season. Things we'll, we'll share, which is good. But as far as the normal episode, we are concluding season four. Holy moly. Going to be season five, Andy, in the new year. I cannot. I can't believe it's, we've been doing hey, it that long. Time flies when you're having fun. And, uh, and we're having fun. We're having so much fun. Should be illegal. Uh, hey everybody, welcome. Good to have you with us. Uh, so glad you could join us uh, for this episode. We're, uh, yeah, we're in the holiday season, Andy. And, uh, as we enter this time of year, uh, many of us have uh, celebrated already the, uh, the Thanksgiving and, or the Friendsgiving or the friends and relatives giving, I don't any sort of, some combination. Uh, what did you guys do for Thanksgiving, Andy? Uh, we hung out with Julie's parents. Nice. So, and her family, they came down. Very nice. Would you say, um, what was, what was the hit for you guys of Thanksgiving, uh, dinner, uh, this year? Oh man. Uh, the pie. The pie? Always. Nice. I, uh, I was on pie duty. Uh, for Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. How, which, how'd that fare Well, for you? here's a, you'll know exactly when I tell you. I, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we got Essen house pies. Oh, okay. And I am not sure. I mean, I'm not sure, but I think this is the first time, um, I went there the day before Thanksgiving to get the pies. Oh yeah. Guys <laughs> lines out the door. Oh, it man. was, it was a thing. Um, but here I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go, and if I, I hopefully this will not create any uh, any ruckus. But as I finally, and after waiting in line, made my way up at the Essen House Bakery, who should appear? But our good but friend, good Saint Nick, uh, n- close. Uh, our good friend Joel Miller. Oh yeah, Joel. Uh, he's, he was he was running a tight ship back there, and uh, he just came right up to me and said, uh, he looked and goes, "What do, what do you need? Nice. Let me." And so he. Joel himself put my pies, uh, put the pies in the boxes, got me, got me ready to go, got me out of there. The deal was though, is once you got your stuff, you had to then get in another line to check out. So it was like just line after line after line, but I came through on the pies. Everybody was happy. And, uh, here's, but here's my, my, uh, the one sad thing this year, we, we did some Turkey, but we did, we did roast beef this year. Oh, it was delicious. Uh, (laughs) but no green bean casserole, Andy. And we've talked about we've talked about that on the show before. It is my staple. It's my it's my comfort food uh, during Thanksgiving. And 
It was noticeably absent uh, from the, you know, and this is no, this is no one's fault. I'm not, uh, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not uh, throwing any shade, but uh, I do love, I do love me some green bean casserole. Anyway. Um, so yeah, we've, we've made it through, we've made it through Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, and recently also the other nice thing, uh, this holiday season, we just celebrated my grandma, grandma Carla's 90th birthday. Happy birthday, grandma Carla, man. She's, um, this lady, I don't know if, I don't know, Andy, how you feel. There are certain people in your life that you have sort of like captured at a certain age. Like my grandma Carla will always be 55, like about like 55, 60 years old to me. Okay. For like, she's just, and, um, my first car. Uh, in high school was a 1989 uh, Grand Prix SE. It was it was a nice little sporty. I number. thought you were gonna name it Carla. Yeah. So wouldn't that been wouldn't that been great? Uh, now that in retro in retrospect, I probably should have. Uh, so her she had that car and gave it and gave it to me for my first car when I was uh, when I was uh, a mere 16 years old. And uh, but she had put a bumper sticker on it. And this is my grandma. This is my grandma. She had a bumper sticker on the back of that car that said been there done that nice like that's how this lady rolled <laughs> that's how this lady rolled so she's always captured in my mind uh that as in that that stage uh of life and uh super fun we were so glad and uh, got together got together with um yeah the cousins and uh my grandma's so my grandma's uh kids so my dad and my aunt and my uncle and then uh the other relatives so good times there but uh, it just reminded me, it was another thing of, hey, we're in this holiday season. People are getting together. We're doing things. Um, it's a time of celebration. It's a good time. But here's the deal. It's not that way for everybody, you know? Um, and, and some years, uh, you know, when there, there might be an empty spot at the table, whatever it might be, where we realize that, oh, this holiday gathering time and all this excitement and these good things also can come with... Uh, with difficult memories can come with the remembrances of loss, Mm -hmm. Um, all those sort of, all those sort of things. And, um, and then at the worst case scenario, uh, this is, this can be a really, really dark time for people just in terms of how, how they're feeling, how they're, how they're coping with life, walking through life. And so uh, that's why we're, we're here tonight, Andy. that's what this episode is all about. It's talking about the holiday season and mental health and everything that goes along with it. But first, we want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Everance Financial. It is uh, helping individuals and organizations, congregations, and with financial services built on a foundation of faith. Meet your local team at everance.com slash Michiana. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group, Securities Incorporated, member F-I-N-R-A slash S-I-P-C. Nicely done. Thanks, Everence. Everence has been a really great partner, by the way, this year. Uh, we're super glad to have them along. So thanks so much. Um, so also, uh, everybody, we want to uh, say that this episode is furthermore uh, supported by Formational Coaching Services, providing coaching and counseling service for individuals, families, and professional groups. If you or your organization are needing to help, are needing help taking the next step toward greater health, wholeness, and overall purpose, Visit formationalcoaching.com for more information. That's formationalcoaching.com. Okay. All right. So tonight, Joel, welcome our guest. Hey, tonight we have none other than our good friend, uh, Manessa Mullet with us. Manessa, hi. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, 
you know, we always try to get, um, we try to claim that we have professional people here on, on this up on these uh, shows. And this is this for sure. Uh, for real, we do have a real professional with us. So, uh, Manessa is a, a licensed therapist, uh, therapist, therapist. And, uh, I'm trying to read my notes, Andy, and my screen isn't scrolling. So it's like, I just had a moment of, didn't sound like I knew what I was talking about, but yes. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Manessa is a, uh, licensed mental health counselor and, uh, um, really specializes in, which is another really cool thing that I'd love to talk about, um, in the area of art therapy, um, which, uh, I'll, I'll just say as, as we've talked about it and I've kind of seen some of the things that she does, it's, uh, it's a really, really creative thing. So yeah, Manessa is a, a good friend, a colleague, uh, somebody that, um, yeah, that I've worked with. And, uh, so we're just glad to have, glad to have you along. Before we get into all the the weeds of uh, of mental health, talking about this season, um, talking about uh, really just I guess helping give uh, tools and perspective to what can make this se- the holiday season difficult, um, just tell us about your family, your background, educational work, where you where you work, all the stuff that you do. Give us all the normally the well, <laughs> well normally yes. we say the dude stats, but <laughs> you're not yeah, I mean, the dudette stats. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can tell us uh, give us all the bio information. <laughs> Um, so I am married to, of course, a, uh, dudes yes. alumni, yeah, right? Awesome. Yeah. The dudes yeah. alumni. Yeah. Justin, Justin Mullet. He's been on, he's been on the show before. So it's, it's a little, it's not super awkward, but what I will say is, uh, Justin was on the show here talking about getting married to Manessa <laughs> and, uh, like, and what that process was like. So I think he. Clearly, he represented everything okay because Manessa was or, willing to come into the, or, the show. Or maybe she's call, coming onto the show to like defend herself. Yeah, like that may be I, what she's doing. I I felt like everything was handled. my own agenda. Yeah, I think everything was handled fairly. So yeah, so you okay? So you've uh, you got a husband, Justin. Mm-hmm. I have a son, a twelve year old, almost thirteen next month. So that's right. You and I are in the very so Aaron just turned thirteen. Oh, so you and I are really we're experiencing yet another thing. We're experiencing this uh, this this first teenager thing in the same hormones and so many feelings. So much <laughs> so happening. <many> feelings. <laughs> In that Whatever right, day it will in be. In that right, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yep. yep. Uh, Justin, so, and, husband, yep. son. Um, let's see. From northern Indiana, lived away from the area for about 15 years out in Colorado and Arizona and moved back about nine years ago and um, spent a lot of time in the administration world um, for uh, youth development and nonprofit social services, child protection services uh, while Lucas was kind of in the school and I had to be with him in the evening and then finally kind of just switched over when he got to be old enough to stay home by himself. So switched over and last January started a private practice um, in Walker's Indiana. So which is essential great services. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and I just have to say, uh, I, I think I'm, well, I put it this way. I know the impact that essential grace services has made on, on families. Um, you right now, you kind of use, you, you, kind of focus in the area of working with women and with, and with youth, uh, mm-hmm. specifically, um, the, uh, and, and in our area, as it is other places, the need for mental health services, super, super high. Uh, mm-hmm. uh as I've talked with as I've, Andy, as I've talked with <laughs> Manessa, the conversation is never about whether or not she has enough clients. It's all, uh, <laughs> you know, 
managing clients and she also she also teaches as well and so but that's um, a good thing though i mean that we're yeah. seeing people yeah. that are seeing the need for mental mm-hmm. health yeah uh yeah you know, yeah 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 so, and, and that the stigma is mm-hmm. do you feel like it, you feel like it's lessening? changing yeah in changing? our in our area the because we're not on the coast and we're not you know we're just not quite as progressive and uh, forward thinking <laughs> i guess like it it does feel like anytime um you start talking about mental health any therapy things like that uh, that is, uh, as I like to say, can feel like a lot of hippie woo woo, uh, stuff, uh, <laughs> and to people and feelings. Uh, feelings. And, yeah. Well, and especially for me, like the counseling work that I do, like if you're working with, working with men mm-hmm. too, that's the like, you even know, which we can get to that, but like, that's even another hurdle. It feels like of, uh, expectations of what it means to be strong and to be, you know, to have this mm-hmm. kind of image or whatever. And then, right. People think that if you need to have people you need to talk to somebody about your right. emotions and you're not right. a man. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. Very true. So, um, so Manessa, I guess I would, I would also ask what, what led you down the road of, uh, becoming a mental health counselor? Like what was there, was there a, a beam of light that struck you <laughs> uh, from heaven and just knew you're calling or is it, cause I find like, like a lot as someone coming from vocational ministry, I find that like ther- therapists, um, mental health workers in general, and like, you know, social service folks and, and pastors, like there is kind of an overlap in terms of like kind of almost discerning a call, like a kind of a call on life mm-hmm. sort of sort of thing. So yeah. I just wonder how that how that transpired for you. Um, well, really, I started out in my undergrad in criminal psych and then decided that it wasn't for me. So I did art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like that was your own therapy. Like you had to like kind of like backtrack a little bit. Manessa has told me some of the things and I, I won't go into great detail, but when you're, when you're studying criminal, like when you're doing criminal psych, um, there's some pretty gore, there's some pretty gory and unnerving things. Yeah. They're trying encounter. to feed you out. They're trying to see like who can stand this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's just show you the goriest. So, it's like, gotcha. so yeah. it's like crime scene photos and all oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in the class and students were vomiting and leaving. Oh, oh man. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so here I am in my fourth year and I'm yeah. like, let oh. me, oh, no, third year. Here, let me change my major. Yeah. Um, right when I was getting ready to study abroad. So I actually stayed in school five years to finish enough credits to go on to my master's. Um, but I was partway through graphic design and wanted to spend more time with people. And so really just wanted to have the interaction because I was in the lab at that time, the lab, we didn't have laptops. Mm-hmm. So it was zip, zip drives. Um, wow. so, yeah. Yeah. So, so wanted to spend time with more with people. And so literally Googled kind of art and therapy or art and people and came up with art therapy and found a school in Chicago and ended up there a year later. So tell me a little bit about what that looks like. If someone's going to come to you for art therapy, like what, what can someone expect? Uh, good question. So um, actually just did a workshop down in the Dominican uh, where I spoke about this. And I think a lot of people think that when they come and do art therapy, they're, people are going to draw something and I'm somehow this genie that is going to be <laughs> able to make this wish or know what is happening with them. Um, and it's more of, I would say it's more of the approach taken. Um, so is their creative outside of the box approach different from art therapy so, or different, sorry, from talk therapy. So just thinking outside the box, um, thinking about how to use all the tools that I have in a room to be able to connect and work with someone um, rather than just having, and, and you know, like most adolescents, they don't want to sit there and talk about their feelings. Sure. So they would rather draw them or, you know, 
hide them and pass you a note or <laughs> text yeah. you what's happening. Yeah. And so um, art does a little bit of that. And I think that's more of the approach than just drawing a picture and having me interpret it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. Cause I, when I, when I first, I was not terribly familiar with art therapy and I was like, okay, is this like a Rorschach kind of situation <laughs> right? ink blot? And uh, they make <laughs> the, the client makes uh, various shapes and uh, things on paper. And then Manessa looks at those and goes, Oh, uh, I see how you are. Now. Yeah, Clearly someone didn't love you enough. Uh, not, not quite, not yeah, quite not that quite at like all. That. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Um, so in general, like as you've been practicing here, uh, recently, do you feel like the need for mental health, do you feel like the need for the mental health care is increasing or, and maybe this is the counter question, or is the awareness of mental health counseling and its availability and kind of the stigma, I'm just trying to figure out, is that decreasing so that more people are willing to come forward or is the need increasing uh and we just have this sort of this current uh, uh social zeitgeist of uh <laughs> everything is terrible and broken and uh you know we're just as a society are kind of on the on the brink dark question i know go for it let's see i want to see i want to see how you answer <laughs> i would say that the need for mental health has always been there the issues have evolved mm. um and the stigma has changed. So I think more people feel like it's okay to call for counseling. Mm -hmm, it's yeah. okay to call for help. And um, so I think that that has helped certainly in the rural. I mean, you know, we lived out, we live out in farm area. Yep. And so um, blue collar society and very heavy into that. So we don't need help. We're good. Just rub some dirt on it and we'll be fine. And, you know, that helps with mental health. So I think that that's been always there as long as I can remember. And even across, you know, I've lived, I've lived from Australia to, you know, Colorado to Phoenix. And I think it's just always been there. Mm -hmm. However, now the stigma I feel like has changed. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it feel it feels like that's been a big, it's been a big win on the other side though. We, there's just a shortage of mental health, clinicians mm. to meet to meet the need mm -hmm. so it just for, for me I personally have a soapbox for that but yeah i'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm trying to bear oh, oh okay <laughs> no. here we go let's get after it no but so when as the awareness increases and people are becoming more mm. comfortable with it obviously that also means that we've got to have enough we have to have enough resources available to to meet the meet the need mm -hmm. in my professional experience and i'm sure as it has been within yours and the other therapists that i have talked to over the last a couple of years, it's really kind of a like the wait lists are long for, mm. for people. Very long. Very, very long. And um particularly like on the on like the marriage counseling side, if you're not like DEFCON five, you know, mm -hmm. marriage and family, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be waiting a good long time. And then and, and I think to myself, it's like with couples that I've worked with, it's like, and in the meantime, Things are not just getting better for the, for those folks. More mm -hmm. more than likely, things are going to continue to deteriorate. And maybe by the time that we see someone in our office, it's like the amount of damage that's been done in the meantime. I and mean, we really feel better job harder. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It just it's like making it. It was at a five when they first called, and we're at a nine now. You oh, know, yeah. kind of kind of thing. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> I'll have you get on your soapbox at the end. Cause we'll, we'll cause I, cause I want to hear some, I do want to hear some perspective on this, but like, so 
you know, what are, what are you right now? What are you seeing kind of thematically wise? If you're kind of a 30,000 foot view, looking at the neat mental health needs thematically amongst your, your clientele, what, what kind of sticks out to you? What kind of jumps out at you is like the free, the frequent challenges. And, and obviously working with kids, I, there, there are probably some big stones there, big areas. And then as you're, as you're talking to families and, and moms and women and all of that, what, uh, what, what are the, are there some general kind of some general things that you would identify? Yeah. I mean, there's certainly, um, and it's always what the parent reports versus what the kid says is the problem versus (laughs) what, so I mean, um, in general, after working with them for a while, the themes I'm seeing are, um, emotional dysregulation. So that is huge right now. Bullying in schools. Um, I know we say, There's no bullying (laughs) and zero tolerance, Um, but there is just this underlying way that I don't think our our community or our society has been able to really Mm. grasp and protect bullying from um, social media and technology in general. I don't, I just don't think that we have a very good grasp on that. I think it's easy when someone's yelling at someone in class or picking them in the hallways. I don't think when they're sending them, you know, hate messages via social media and stuff like that. And then they get everyone else involved. That's hard to avoid uh, and to protect kids from. So I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, A lot of kids misdiagnosed, um, a lot of kids, uh, schools or parents saying that kids have ADHD, misdiagnosed for PTSD, um, over, over sensory stimulation, um, some of that emotional dysregulation stuff. But um, in just my research lately, a lot of it has come down to how to eliminate some of these symptoms just by a poor diet. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, if you think about the amount of kind of processed foods and red dyes that we eat and how we rely on that to live after a certain time that starts to have an effect on our child's development. Yeah. And then we see them through the mental health arena. So we don't know, is it a doctor? Is it a medical issue? Is it a mental health mm-hmm. issue? Um, and so I'm seeing a lot of that right now. And then of course your typical anxiety, depression, which everybody has anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. I think at some point in time. Um, but you know, there's certain, there's a spectrum of, how large it can be based on, you know, what you have or your environment. So. so are you seeing mostly children? Are you seeing women, adults, men? Yeah, I see 11 to 26 uh, male and females. Um, so young adults and okay. uh, adolescents. And then I see uh, adult women. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm always very, very quick, it, it, which is, which is great. And then I, I'm always like, um, whenever I can, uh, refer someone to Manessa, like if there's a, you know, a, a mom or, or whoever that's, you know, that's asking about, about help. Uh, but then I also, I always go like, um, well, I'm just going to send one more person over to Manessa and ho- yeah. And hopefully it's not like a complete <laughs> barrage of, uh, of, of people coming, but, um, there's, uh, yeah, that, I mean, again, the, just the need is the need is there. I, I feel like, on the family side of things. And that's kind of like what I've, what I've seen is uh, the, yeah, the anxiety, the anxiety part. And when you dive into that, like it, par- either parents experiencing anxiety, or if you have super anxious parents and then they're trying to figure out why their kids are so doggone anxious. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. And, uh, and, and I've been really reflecting, I mean, here this past few months, this sort of this call to be, you know, and as we talk about being people of faith, being a, 
being a non-anxious presence in the world. Mm. And it's like, that's a great gift that we can give to people. But we, man, we got like, we got a clean house, right? Like there's some <laughs> things we gotta, we gotta look into ourselves. Um, with, uh, we've been talking about technology, like technology use amongst young kids mm-hmm. here a lot recently. And we're, uh, I am right now stepping into, um, with, uh, so Aaron got his first laptop here and we're, and he's got his own, uh, which is super great, right? Gets his own, he's got his own Gmail account now. So that's great. Um, but when I'm setting it up, right. With his name, like I, I'm the steward of that email account initially. Right. Well, right, yeah. then he turns 13 and it goes over, it goes over to, to him yeah. and that it was like, it's like, Oh, okay. So now we're, we're just, as we've been talking recently about how, how to shepherd all this stuff, how to, how to, you know, they have those things uh, right sized and, and not just throw him to the wolves and out into the great and the great beyond. Um, but the tech, how technology is forming the mental health of our, of mm-hmm. our young people and, and, and the use of it. Um, I, mm-hmm. I am like, it's no, uh, and Andy, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Like when you take the piece of technology away from the kid and you see what their response is to it, you'd be like, it's all, it's like a withdrawal. Yeah. Oh, right? tremendously. Like you absolutely yeah. like, had this conversation. Yes. Day. Where it's yeah. like, it's like, geez, Louise. Right. You'd think you gave him drugs. Exactly. Oh. You're like, you're like, it's like I, you had like a, a Coke problem and you're right. like, n- no more drugs for you. And then they just like watch what happens. Right. Um, what is it possible? And this is what I wonder so often is that, just parents having even struggling to figure out or to understand how much technology their kid is actually, you know, consuming how, you know, content that they're consuming things like this. Um, because if it, you know, if it weren't for like some of the tools that we use, there's been some days, there's been days when like Jackie and I've been like working on a project at home and the kids are kind of like, they're like doing their own thing. And we think they're like doing other stuff. (laughs) And then we get the update, like, Oh, your kids have been on for eight hours. hundred percent. Yeah. Like hours upon hours. And you're like, holy cow, how in the world? And then, yeah. And then we have to have like the talk about, about guys, you've literally, you've not moved. You've not moved all day. You've, you've been sat on this couch right, all day. All day. Um, <laughs> like what are the impacts of, I mean, what are the impacts of that? Um, for, for, our, for our kids? Like, I mean, you know, cause I think it's easy to say like, well, they're just sitting there and they're just watching a, they're just watching a video, right. Or they're, or playing a, playing a game. Like how hard, you know, how harmful could that possibly be? It's not like they're out, you know, vandalizing things and, you know, being criminals <laughs> like, uh, it, you know, how, how bad could it be? What, what's your, what's your response to that? Like what, what would be your, um, as you've worked with young people, what would be your guidance in that area? Well, I think it's case by case. Um, so I certainly, in our own home, experience that. I mean, if we were to talk about just the other weekend, it was like, I'm selling the PS4, taking photos now. It's going on Marketplace. I'm over it. It was on the kitchen and he's crying. Yeah, yes, <gasps> sure. So, Been there. Been there. Like, and, and then so later I come back and then I have my rational mind and I told him, I said, buddy, it's, if I take it away from you, then you're never going to learn how to manage it. So I'm going to have to teach you. And that's the best thing that I can do as a parent is how to manage something that is addictive. Yeah. But here, let me tell you how it's addictive. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know how every time that you eat dinner, you want sugar? Okay, if you ask for that seven days in a row, you might have to say, <laughs> maybe I can't go without sugar and I need to control this. Same with yeah. technology. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed um, for my son was he, like, if he had a friend that let him down or couldn't come over or if, like, some fun got canceled, easy going, easiest going kid. You say no PS4 for the evening. I'm talking about toddler tantrums and and a 12-year-old. It's crazy. And so I actually have kids (laughs) that I am working with right now that um, actually really honest, like they are saying, when I am on social media and I'm comparing myself to everything else that's out there, I feel depressed afterwards Mm -hmm. and I don't want to leave my bedroom for four or five days. I take it away or it gets put somewhere else and then I just feel so much better. So we know like these kids that I'm working with, they know that something isn't right, but it's like cocaine, Mm, right? (laughs) It's like a drug. It's a, in fact, I feel like I heard sometime that it it ignites almost the same part of the brain as Mm. drugs. Oh Oh, yeah. 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 So it's just crazy. Yeah. So what can we do during the holidays? I mean, our kids are going to have more time home (laughs) alone. They're going to have more time at home. (laughs) Golly. How can we help them? have a better mental health during the holidays? Well, a few things that I have been working um, on with some of my adolescents are, and and actually I've worked with some parents too, is we go to our phone for everything, right? Our phone for alarms. So we go to for our phone for calculator, calendar, everything, right? So in the day and age when this started to happen, we thought, oh, this is so easy. I only need one thing. That's all I need. But if you find yourself going to your phone and being dependent on it for these variable things down to recipes on Pinterest, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you have to start to say, okay, maybe I need to just get a basic $5 alarm and keep it in my room and charge my phone somewhere else. So trying to find ways to not have them depend on Mm -hmm. something, not create, because it would be the same as, you know, creating like if they needed to do something else to like, they needed to depend on another addiction to get through life or Mm -hmm. to make it to the next step. It'd be the same as saying like, okay, here's this, use this for this, use your phone, use your phone, you know? And so I think that if you can start to take away, like, all right, dude, you're going back to a calculator. Mm, (laughs) And those are simple and they sound funny to us because we're like, we thought it was so cool when we could use our device for everything. Right. But it's just, we're going to it for everything. So pick the five things that you want to use it for and take away for the four of those if you can. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, our conversation, Jack and I have recently been talking about like our, our kiddos like to listen to, uh, because we've trained them right. They like to listen to podcasts at night, like as they're getting like, <laughs> as they're getting ready to go to yeah. bed and things yeah. like, and things like that. Right. And so they know what's up. They do know what's up and they're, you know, it's, it's red school bus and that story show our good friend, James and, uh, you know, those guys, they listen to a lot of that. Um, one of my kids is listening to an economics podcast, so I don't, I, hopefully that's going to bode well for our future. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, (laughs) but, um, but we've been talking about like, Hey, how do we, uh, have them able to listen to that at night without having a device, like without having a device in their room, mm -hmm. you know, and, and things like that. And so we're, we're trying to, trying to figure that out, answer that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's like, I want you to be able to just simply listen to something and not have to have be doing, yeah, or, be doing or have access to any, anything else. And cause it always starts with like, Hey, I'm just gonna listen to a podcast. And then it's like, wait a minute. I haven't seen them for, 
they've been, been listening to a podcast for the last eight wow, hours. It's yeah. weird how that how that how that happens. So, um, so Vanessa specifically, so. I think those are great things to be thinking about, especially as we anticipate our kids being home for, uh, for a couple of weeks and, yeah. and being around. And, and I, I always know, uh, as the old Christmas song goes, you know, mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again by the end. <laughs> like, true. isn't it uh, fellow, fellow moms and dads, uh, you get it, you get it, you know, <laughs> like that's end of that second week. You're like kids, the, the time has come, uh, yeah. back, yeah. back to school. Um, but outside of that, just looking at the bigger picture, the holiday season is a tough season mm-hmm. for people. Um, well, and yeah, we see a lot more of the mental issues during the holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suicide, suicide yep. rates increase. Um, that's something that happens. Um, a lot of really unfortunate uh, family gathering intera- interactions. Uh <laughs> Words, no. words said that were, are not, uh, are not always the, the kindest or the greatest or kind of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, coming a little bit unglued in those areas. What, I mean, what, what is it, I guess, what is it about the holidays that just, uh, that, that brings that out in people? What is, what, what's causing the, the challenge for people in this season? Well, I think there's quite a bit that can be said to that. Um, you know, I would just say, even the other day, I found myself, I started, I started crying. We watched some sappy Hallmark or whatever, you know, yep. so I start yep. crying and mm-hmm. I, then I just start, keep crying. And then, you know, of course I have two boys and they're looking at me like, oh, oh boy, what, what's going on? What, what's happening? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I just, <gasps> well, it was, it was my grandpa's three year anniversary oh, that he passed yeah. away yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then we had just put our dog down and my grandpa and that dog were like so oh, close. Yeah. So like now I don't have, um, so I, I didn't realize so much why I was crying. And then I had to say, mom, is this the anniversary? Like, oh, right. and it's like your body just knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you may not even know the date so much. Some people do. Some people know it to a T, but I would say your body just starts to know. It's a time where there's extra pressure, lots of triggers. Um, I would say one of the big ones is kind of just that pressure. We're already busy as it is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, I have a book that I would really recommend, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is yep. oh, um, yeah. there we go. tremendously yeah. is like, oh, I would highly suggest that. But so if you just take that book and the concepts from that and then you add Christmas to it, it's like almost like tripling yeah. <laughs> the pressure and the busyness, the pressure to have to live up to a certain financial standard um, that maybe one family member has, but another doesn't, or the expectations that you need to give a certain amount or the other, you know, there's just all those financial pressures. Um, oftentimes that's kind of the end of the year where people are trying to do things with their own family. They they have end of the year expenses, they have things. And so you just throw that on and then all the strange cooking that you have to yeah. have, so it goes outside. So it's not just like your typical grocery shopping. Like you have a whole nother grocery shopping mm-hmm. list. That's just for these special meals you're making. And so that just adds to the budget. So I think that that's huge, but the pressure to like go to three or four Christmases or like activities. And then someone throws on because they think it's a, a fun thing to do. Like, Oh, in your small group, buy gifts for everyone. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? I thought just hanging out with everyone is kept enough. Wasn't that okay? <laughs> yeah. So like, there's just all these things that mm-hmm. like happen where you feel like 
just your presence and your interaction mm-hmm. with people isn't good yeah. enough. And so yeah. I think that that's huge. Um, when we start to hang out with more family, so more family come back, they come back to stay, they're visiting, there's more interaction, more triggers. So if you didn't have the best childhood, more triggers, reminders. Um, also, it's a time where you do think about family. And so if someone is missing from that family, sure. then yep. that's that's a huge, a huge Well, like piece. you were saying, yeah, you were yeah, emotional yesterday, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just, uh, those are a few things that as to why it just multiplies. I mean, it just accentuates if you already have anxiety, depression, you add those onto it, then it just makes it worse and worse. So, yeah, yeah, it's just being, I think, trying to be sensitive uh, to, to that reality um, and thinking ahead of that, ahead of time, you know, Andy and I try to advocate all the time for, um, just uh, doing a little mental health planning ahead mm. of things. Like if you've got, so true. you know, if you've, if you know, these things are coming as opposed to getting caught up in it in the moment where it like just right. kind of hits you in and, that and second. Sometimes you don't know that, yeah, but yeah. sometimes yeah. you, you know, do. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, cousin Marv uh, shows up and you don't know that he's going to be there. And <laughs> turns out, turns out cousin Marv was a real piece of work back when you were a kid and probably uh, still is probably still is. And he said some things to you that like, have always just like taken up residence in your brain. Uh, I get it. Like those, the cousin Marv moments, those will happen, but there's plenty of stuff. I think where, um, there's been a few of these things we've done with a few of those, these instances we've done with our own family where it's kind of like, okay, here are the potential things that we're going to be encountering. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, Mm -hmm. we're a few weeks out. Okay. How is it like us? What, what is it? that we will do to respond to these things? What's a healthy way to respond to them? What, how, you know, how can we, how can we navigate these relationships? What are, what, what things are there that we should say? What things should we not say? Um, you know, um, you know, just let's, let's just coach each up, coach each other up a little bit, you know, before, before those, uh, those experiences that can go, that can go a long way. Um, really quite honestly, I mean, there's good research to say that and there's, the sort of uh, going through scenarios in your mind and and experiencing them and actually causing yourself a little bit of more controlled anxiety before the actual event does give you does give you a better chance to react uh, pro- appropriately. Well, and I was going to say something, you know, something similar. Make sure you're spending time with yourself. Make sure you have time to process everything beforehand going into that so you can mm-hmm. prepare yourself and kind of just be on your own. Yeah, you have that. Yeah, I think that's a good thing too, to you know, prepare. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess, I mean, that's when we're talking about, like, we're asking the question, how can families respond to these kind of these seasonal challenges in a way? I think, you know, that's, uh, that's one, uh, that's one approach. Um, yeah. That self-awareness. I yeah. Think that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I would love to say that all of us can, uh, naturally become more self-aware and that's just like a, a gift that naturally occurs but <laughs> it takes a lot of work and it takes well, it's us just a deficit of all ages right yeah, right <laughs> I mean, it really is <laughs> yeah yeah that feels it feels that way for sure um Vanessa, when you think about and again as we've said before a lot of your you know your your practice really focuses a lot with with youth um and with and with women I would wonder though if you would have, because um, you you are you are married. You've got a you've got a guy and a, a, a soon to be teenage son. Um, 
and as you've said, mm-hmm. who has all the feelings that come along with that, uh, that age, what, what is it, um, just in terms of like men's mental health, um, what is it that we need to be talking about more? Uh, what, what kind of, what kind of conversations do we just need to be, need to be having, you know, cause I think about, I think about myself and kind of my mental health journey and my needs and, um, and then, you know, and thinking of conversations that Andy and I have had, um, I've been fortunate enough to have people that like can kind of like help guide and direct <laughs> me and have like people speak into my life in those sort mm-hmm. of ways. Right. Um, and as we've learned more and more and this, uh, the conversations that we have with folks that, that interact with us through the show and in our own lives, um, we recognize that that's a really a sacred place to be at, to be able to have that kind of support group, but that not, not all, not all men have that. And that there's a, there can be a real deficit there. Um, how can we, if you were, you know, as your, our listeners here who are, who are a lot of, a lot of dudes, a lot of dads, you know, <laughs> leading, leading families, um, you know, trying to be good, a good spouse, trying to be a good father. Um, what are, what can we do? How can we do better? How can we, how can we uh, encourage each other in the area of, of seeking out, you know, seeking out resources um, and and just being a better, a better supportive group. Cause I, I I know it can happen. I've been in places where it does happen. Mm -hmm. It's super powerful. Um, But man, when it's missing, it just, Oh, it, it really feels like it's missing and it feels like it's missing in so many, in so many places. Yeah. Good question. Um, I mean, I certainly think as a community that the next kind of gear in eliminating some stigma is really targeting um, adult men or just Mm -hmm. boys in general. I think that that's huge. Um, And really specifying that it's okay to talk with someone. but it's not going to look like your classic come in and it's almost like working with an adolescent. Sometimes when men come in, there's like this, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. You know, I mean, I can't even tell you the number of women that I, I meet with that say, well, my husband, like we went to a therapist once and he said never again. Yeah. Like what? I mean, that just, yeah. is just like the, the normal story. And so I think there needs to be a way in which um, it's marketed that it's not a, we're going to sing Kumbaya, hold your hand and Mm -hmm. like, let's talk about feelings, but it's an approach from like, it's more of a coaching, a coaching approach. It's more of like a mentor approach. It's a, it's a men's group. It's a men coming together. And I think because women like wives end up becoming really stressed and more demanding (laughs) and leaving it like kind of freaking out on their husbands, like men tend to like gear themselves towards the wives and how to support them and what to do and what can we do. And then they become stressed and they, the financial, they don't want to say no and they want to provide and still do all of that. But there's a reality that other men are experiencing the exact same thing that Mm. they're going through. And so instead of the focus becomes only on what kind of presence we need to get and what activities and where we need to go, it really needs to focus inward on, I want to make sure that in the next like, eight weeks of my time, I am scheduling time with other, other dudes (laughs) that has to be there. And I mean, certainly sometimes when I suggested to my husband, he's like, I'm fine, whatever. (laughs) And so, but I think that that's important, but if it came from me, I don't know how, how well 
delivered, like sure. whatever <laughs> my delivery method would be, if it would be well received, I just don't know. And so I think that that just being out there in the open is important to say um, and really hope that because I think the biggest thing that can really affect men right now are the death of someone that they mm. loved very much. And that is really probably a more black and white issue yeah. that could be addressed. And so I think that if you know that you've had someone that you're missing that year or that they even died around that time, that that is just a given to say like, Hey, I need to spend more time remembering this person yep. or mm -hmm. talking about them or processing that. But, um, it needs to come from other men. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I found that myself. So we've had a stillborn daughter and I've tried to connect with other men who have had, you know, stillborn mm -hmm. kids and same thing. It's like really like quiet and shut up and you mm -hmm. just have to like coax it out of me. You have to say, all right, like, and you have to kind of be lead by example for me. You know, it's like, I always had to go, okay, like, this is how I'm feeling <laughs> so that they, exactly. they would open up with their, with their feelings with me. So yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Even, even as close as I am with my husband, I think that <laughs> well, and, <laughs> he needs to hear from other dudes. Well, and of course, <laughs> and, and again, and I love Justin dearly, J Justin and I actually, we've got a construction project we're doing here in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. We were, as we were, as Manessa and I were finalizing <laughs> Uh, finalizing details for the show today. Justin was also texting me about a build project. We nice. got to go. I'm yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, uh, but, uh, but I, I would have to imagine like to hear, well, in your case, it's like, of course my therapist wife is going to tell me that I should, <laughs> you know, yeah. of course, of course she is. But, but in general for men, it's like, well, of course my wife is going, is going to tell me that I need to, cause this way it can be received. Mm -hmm. Of course my wife is going to tell me that I need to do this thing to get bet, to be, to be better mm -hmm. than, than, than I am. And depending on the relationship dynamic there, if, um, if a, if a wife's strong encouragement to her husband is usually, is it received in a spirit of like discontent? regularly mm -hmm. then it's not, yeah. right then mm -hmm. you're yeah. you're 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 dead in, you're dead in the water and so it's like you know guys if you if you know somebody um and, and i i've been super proud of um in our faith community that we're a part of have had so many awesome conversations with guys coming to me and saying hey i think so and so is hurting right now or i think mm -hmm. there i think there's mm -hmm. you know in the in their marriage or, or whatever um i'm not I'm not asking you professional to go and whatever. I'm just trying to understand what is the best approach that I can take because me and a few other guys are going to, we're going to invite them out uh, mm -hmm. for dinner and we're going to, we're going to have some conversation. I just want to make sure that I'm as well prepared for that as, as possible. I think that's what, I think that's what real health looks like in that, I, in that I way, agree. Mm -hmm. like, like a real tribe of people mm -hmm. going, going after individuals and saying, um, Again, sometimes what, by the way, I have found that sometimes, and again, depending on the person, sometimes three guys going after one guy is the best, is absolutely the best, <laughs> is absolutely the best route or five guys going out. Cause it's like, it's like, well, what's he freaking going to say? You know, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's a, there is a sense of, cause ultimately it's like, well, this many people cared enough, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and in the busy schedules that we have, when you see that kind of intentionality, I mean, I think that is a rare and precious gift when you see I agree. people carving time out and resource out to, 
to, to really do it. Uh, myself, Andy, our friend, Brian and Matt, we try, um, every, every single month on a, on a third, we try to hang out, we try to hang out and, uh, we've, you know, we try to carve a day out for it. And, um, those are, and sometimes we get together, here's the deal. Sometimes we get together and it's just normal talk. And sometimes we get together and there is a thing. There is a, yeah, there is a thing going on. And and we, some of us at the table might be the first people to hear about the thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I, I always think back, I always think back on that and go, um, wow, we could, we could have easily not have done that. And that individual would be still be carrying mm-hmm. that thing. Or they, they would, you know, they'd still be working through that on their own. And that's, that's lousy. So, um, I think yeah. sometimes it's just, a. and, and guys, women work differently, right? Women want to get together and just, they just want to like word vomit like mm-hmm. i mean that's just what women do like they just and i mean they could talk forever and ever and ever uh, men don't always even have to talk about the problem they just get together and like somehow like because i i've experienced this where i knew something was bothering justin or and i he's gone and hung out with other guys and i said hey did you talk about no oh well, why not well no we just hung out <laughs> okay. but i feel, but I feel well, better, I feel better. <laughs> it's the so. ministry of presence uh <laughs> that's what it is yeah <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Manessa, that's, that's super helpful. I, I, I just, uh, you know, we always want to continue to be, um, encouragers of people seeking out the, the, the resources are available. The help is, is available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta take the first step and, and we promise, uh, for those of us that are doing coaching and counseling, we won't bite. Uh, we, you know, we are, this is our, this is our job, but we do work with, we do work with people, but we're really just dedicated to seeing people be at their best and, and mm-hmm. to experience healing and, and to have hope. And especially during this holiday season, um, this is the season where we are reminded that we have great hope mm-hmm. and, um, we just Amen. want that. We want that to be the case for each and every one of you that are listening. So, uh, so I guess you all say this, Hey, if there's something going on in your life, uh, you can always reach out to us. We're always available here at the show too. Would love mm-hmm. to uh, have a conversation with you. If there's any way we could resource you, encourage you, whatever it is, um, we're here. We're, we always say that this show is about building community. We want to want to help dudes and dads and and families. Uh, we'll help you guys thrive. So, uh, yeah. Well, hey, Andy, are we? Uh, we're now. Is, is now the time? Now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, no. pop quiz time. <laughs> so if you've never joined us. Now is the time that we just pepper our guests with random questions <laughs> nice. and just try to get to know them a little bit better. It has nothing to do with the topic of the most of the time it has nothing to do with the topic <laughs> that we're talking about. But so with that, I will go first with the dudes and dads pop quiz. Uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? My legs, I would be taller. <laughs> how, so I have never asked this question. Uh, how? How tall exactly are you? I mean, how short am I? Well, yeah. How short? How short are you? I may be five two. Maybe five two. Yeah. May. Maybe. She maybe. Okay. That's what it says on my driver's license. Okay. Well, that's official. <laughs> that then. That's good. Um. Okay. Here we go. Uh, what's your favorite thing about the place? Uh, about. What's your favorite thing about any place that you have lived? So if there's like a. Because you've you've been around a little bit, so like, mm-hmm. what uh, what's the favorite? Um, I would say when I lived in Australia, um, 
There was all kinds of terrain. So you went from the Great Barrier Reef down to a city on a beach all the way out to, you know, Red Canyons. Um, and that was probably my favorite part. <laughs> all right. I'm actually going to let Reagan ask this next oh, one. Okay. Go for it, Reagan. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, don't break your mic. I'm going to. Uh, no. <laughs> um, best piece of advice. Oh, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just patience. But, and I don't think I've adapted that until just in the last year. Just be, just be <laughs> patient. Just be patient. I only know that because when Justin talks about the build project, it, uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't catching a patient vibe on your timeline, but you know, I get it. I get it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> There's like phases. Yeah, sure. No, I get it. I understand. I need to grow the business. <laughs> yeah. We have things to do. Uh, okay, Manessa, what famous animal movie character do you like the most? Hmm. Famous animal movie character. So this can be like, like an animated, this can be like an animated movie or whatever, whatever uh, works. I mean, I'm just going to go with Simba. I really think Simba. Perfect. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) All right. Last, last question from me. What is the worst job you've ever had? Oh, good oh gosh, I hope no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you had to name oh, it by name. Oh, <laughs> well. You could just tell us what you did away. for the job. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, let's see. Well, in high school, I um, wore a poodle skirt. Yes. Uh, when I worked at a diner. Oh, so it was like one of these like theme diner kind of places. Yeah. A diner that's no longer yeah, around. With a no. skirt. Yeah, it is no longer around oh. with uh, with an with a skirt and like a little necktie and I had to wear my hair and everything. It was awful. <laughs> I, I will never waitress. That was my last waitressing job I've ever <laughs> had. Did so you I will never did, waitress ever again. Did, did you end? Uh, what is the weirdest food that you've ever eaten? Uh sea urchin eggs. Oh, sea urchin wow. eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucas tried him. He loved him. He asked for seconds. We wow. went to Croatia. Gotcha. So is that a is that a Croatian meal? I don't Mm-mm. know. I don't it's know if I've. Uh, I just don't know if I've ever heard of that before. Like it's fish, like, like a, fish eggs. Yes, but sea urchin. It's, it's it would be probably similar. Sim- I mean, it was just like sea urchin. Like it was a ball, and it had like these tentacles, and they just like move, and then you cut it open, and it still kind of moves, and there's eggs in the middle. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. It was okay. very interesting. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's all the time that we have. <laughs> We're out of time. Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, Vanessa, congratulations. You have officially passed the Dudes and Dads pop quiz. Um, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> With flying colors. Hey, um, we do want to just say again, Vanessa, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, hey, everybody, you know where to head. Uh, Dudesanddadspodcast.com. Dudesanddadspodcast.com. Got all the show notes. Uh, we will make uh, Manessa embarrassingly easy to find over there uh, <laughs> with all the links. You can uh, get in touch with her if you'd like. And uh, yeah, you can 
Yeah, head over to the website, check that out. Also, if you got any, uh, you want to reach out, uh, dudes and dads podcast at gmail.com. Great way to get in touch with us. Uh, love to hear your comments, your reflections, all those things, all of those things. Um, Andy, is there anything else that we need to tell these people? We'll, we'll be back. We're just going to be gone for about a couple of days. Well, until January, we'll, we'll be back in January. We'll be back in January with season five. So until season five, friends, we wish you Merry Christmas, Happy Great. New Year, and grace, grace and peace. And peace. <laughs> Later. Head over to Facebook now and hit the like button.